This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to For the Shire, by the Shire. Each week, we speak to property and finance professionals working in and around the Sutherland Shire. Discover insider tips and tricks from the Shire's leading experts on how to get ahead in today's market. Introducing your host, Nathan Smith, the Director and Senior Mortgage Broker at the award-winning Birdie Wealth. Welcome back to another episode of For the Shire, by the Shire. Uh, I'm really excited for this one. This is a really great insight behind the properties and how we work out the value of them. Um, today, I've got Brett Smith, who's a valuer and director of the firm McLennan Steege Smith. Uh, he's got over 20 years experience as a valuer and has valued thousands of properties around the Sutherland Shire. So if anybody knows what something's worth, uh, he's our guy. Brett, welcome to the show. G'day, Nathan. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, nice, easy trip for you here today. Two floors up in the elevator to get here. Um, you're, a, you're a local working out of Miranda here. So how did you fall into becoming a valuer? Uh, my father was a valuer. So as a child growing up, I saw my uh, father doing you know, doing what I do uh, and always having an interest in, in property. I watched what Dad did. My days off from school, school holidays, I was holding the end of the, uh, back in the day, the metal tape or whatever it was, measuring up houses and, and going with Dad. So, yeah, that's how I got there. So growing up as a kid, you're on site looking at properties and, and you just found that passion at that point? Yeah, yeah. You know, always been interested in real estate and homes and and where we live and and as I said, observing my father and taking interest in what what your dad does. Uh, you know, uh, suddenly it, it grew from there and wanted to you know saw, saw the pathway and and saying let's continue the, the family tradition of, of property. But originally, that all my family or from certainly from dad's side were all builders, so we've sort of gone up a you know diverse a little bit um, from from building and hands on the tools to actually just valuing property. As a mortgage broker and those who work within real estate would understand how important that role of a valuer is and it can really be the difference between uh, make or break on a deal, whether somebody gets the keys to the property or whether they don't get the deal. Um, can you explain it to, uh, to those who aren't familiar with it? What, is, what does a valuer actually do? So we are providing uh, assurance to a lender that when they borrow money, there is security there to underpin the money they're lending out, hence the mortgage. We're saying, yes, this is a safe lend. The, the people are purchasing this property. It's going to create or provide the security of the money they're about to hand over, which in turn you know, becomes the, the lent amount. So you're putting a price on on the property and how did how does that process go? Are we plucking a figure? What, what's the science to picking a, a yeah, price? exactly. Look, when, when we're valuing property, our best case scenario is comparing like without like, you know, comparing apples with apples. So, yeah, the first thing is when we ask to value property, inspect the subject property, understand what it is, three bedrooms, two bedrooms, and the condition of the property, uh, and then from there, the size of the land, those items, and then most importantly, looking at properties in and around that same position that are you know, comparable. No two properties are exactly the same. We all think it's, it's a uh, you know direct comparison. It, it is to a degree, though. There is the difference of topography of the land, the construction, the standard of finish, uh, and we will make those appropriate adjustments. 
So you're looking at the, the property that the person is either looking to buy or has bought. You're looking at other properties in the area that you think are comparable to it and seeing where it sits in, in comparison to them? Yeah, correct. Uh, let's say we're doing a home which has 1950s, 1960s weatherboard or fibro home that have got may have the original kitchen though may have a renovated bathroom and vice versa or both are done and all they're all totally original. You can't find exactly the same, but you'll make those allowances. Um, kitchens and bathrooms are, are a pretty important part of when we're assessing properties uh, and understanding what's there. Um, they're the two most expensive rooms of the home to, to replace and refit them. And so they're one of the particular ones we'll look at fairly closely. So having valued for 20 years now, can you take me back to one of those first valuations that you ever did? Can you remember, can you remember going back there? Sure, it's a while ago now, but yeah, yeah. Look, um, I've certainly seen that the prices escalate over years, and, and as they say with property, it always goes up. Uh, you know, there's always a little glimpse, and we might be having a, a, an adjustment at the moment, but in the long term, it, property should be a long term investment, not a short term. Uh, and yeah, the the grand scale is that it keeps growing in value. Over the time valuing properties all throughout the Sutherland Shire, have you ever had the case where, having done it for 20 years, where you've gone back to a property that you valued years ago yeah, multiple times? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's always uh, an interesting case. I actually did, well, it wasn't the, the same. I've done plenty of those, though I've done where I've actually gone back to my old family home. Really? So, yeah, so I well, so, and just, I, you know, just didn't say it to the client, uh, just, okay, bang, 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 and just, just did what I had to do. I was like, this is interesting. So, but yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I've lived in a number of different homes with my family growing up in, in the Shire. So, yeah, we, um, it, it just happens, all, all neighbouring properties and things like that. Now, spending so much time in research and looking at numbers and, and real live figures on, on where the market's going, how do you see the media compared to what you actually see on the ground? Are you seeing differences? Do they line up? What's the difference there? With the greatest respect to the media, you know, we all use that term, we've all heard the term being around the sensationalism, especially when we were listening to the broader media. Uh, the We've got to keep in context that they're talking about Australian prices or New South Wales prices, we're lucky the majority of the properties that, that we'll deal with here, Nathan, is, is the Shire, all, all the surrounding suburbs, and the, the eastern seaboard properties. When the media speaking, they're also talking about areas further west, townships further west, new fringe suburbs of Wollongong, they're talking about fringe suburbs of, and when they're talking nationally, they're talking southeast Queensland, the suburbs between the Brisbane and the Gold Coast, you know, these are new, really fringe areas. And yes, they're going to be really affected by uh, some of the stuff, that the COVID issues that we've got at the moment and the unemployment rates and whatnot. But most importantly, back to where we live um, and again, the surrounding municipalities of, of going across the St George area or Canterbury or Inner West or Eastern Southerners, we're, you know, in a more protected area of environment. So I think we've got to keep it in context of where the products we're looking at um, yeah, and, and what they're reporting on is a national figure. Uh, it's very, very important. Now, the media do play a role in sensationalising, as you were saying. So there's never going to be that article that says the property market's doing okay. It's either booming or busting. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit disappointing as a valuer. I think, you know, you've got to look at those statistical numbers or the, the exact numbers of, of 
absolutely are we going to? And that's why we, when we're valuing property, we're looking at the sales at, around that actual area. Uh, and you'll see that they're not as as graphical or as, as sensational as what the media like to report or assist them to sell their newspaper. Now, if I'm going to have my property valued, is there anything I can do to help improve the value of my home? Keep it clean, neat and tidy. Uh, it, it's, it's as simple as that. Uh, if you're in a position where you're refinancing, we don't have time to go and replace a bathroom, replace a kitchen, recarpet the house. But cut lawns, clean, tidy homes, just lets, allows me to see a clear vision of what's happening there and see that it's a, a looked after and loved home. If a value was in a house and see there's, you know, general maintenance and just aren't being a, 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 a pros or being, you know, looked after, he sort of says, oh, hang on, you know, what's going on here? Whereas he can say, yeah, look, this is a cared for, loved home. The lawns are cut, the gardens are, you know, looked after. The Everything's neat, tidy, tucked away. You go, yeah, this is, this is normal, so... Now, you're valuing it as you see it generally. So if there's half-finished works, your commentary and valuation would be based on exactly what you're seeing. Is that right? Yeah, correct. I, I think, again, in my 20s experience, when I you know, first started out, we, we were using Polaroid cameras uh, because we had to turn around the, the job quickly. But most importantly, uh, we're now with a digital age uh, and, the again, 20 years ago, the banks expected one photo from the front of the house. Now they want a minimum of five to six. They want kitchens, bathrooms, a living area for front and back of the home and any any uh, repair items or maintenance that needs to be noted. So uh, again, um, it's, it's got to be reported on and, and given uh, a measure in our, our valuation. Now the other part of evaluation that's um, vital and again may or may not be known is the rental assessment that you give on a property. Why is that part so important? We, the banks are looking at the total value as part of their security, as we spoke about earlier. But the second part is their serviceability, and they want to make sure to see that what sort of rent this product would return. Uh, and I think it's something that a lot of us don't sort of look too closely at or, or gloss over. And I, we've got to make sure that you know, we understand what rentals are, are happening in the area and it's you know, keeping to its its best possible light and what, how a property would return as a rental as well. It gives that further security to a bank. So regardless of whether the local agent said you're going to get $700 a week for it, if a valuer goes in and, and looks at, again, the comparable values in the area, what properties are renting for, and it's only $500 a week, that's what's noted on the valuation, and it could, again, affect someone's borrowing capacity. Yes, correct. And, again, uh, you know, we've, we've got to base base it on factual evidence, uh, and that's what we're doing uh, with the valuation and with the rental assessment of it is saying, well, here is the evidence that's there, and most, that's the most important part of, of valuation is the supporting evidence. Now, if I get a valuation back on my home, either directly from you or, or through a lender, and I don't agree with evaluation. Is there anything I can do to, how would you dispute evaluation? The best advice I give is do your own research. Jump online, dig around, find sales, and they've got to be completed sales, like not deposit taken or exchange. They're fully fully completed sales. Um, and use that as evidence to say, hey, I think this might be a little bit short of what our expectations are. And this is the evidence that supports the argument what we're, of, of what's being said. That said, we've also got to keep, remember that the bank prefers, well, base their lending on it is on a three to six month 
you know, sales period. So pulling a valuation from two years ago, it, it's irrelevant. not regard irrelevant. Mm. Throwing the bin, uh, it's it's recent sales is, is the key. So that's really really key. So ideally, if you can get a copy of the valuation, you can see what properties the value has actually compared with you can see if they're fair comparables and if not you can do your research and find settled homes not properties that have sold but actually settled homes that you feel are more comparable to the property you're buying exactly and even if you um don't get the advantage of having seen the, the valuation report because that sometimes doesn't happen you just say okay look i'm i'm still happy with that and i can provide you these three sales um that have, have taken place and uh, again we're looking at zoning looking at land size that sometimes comes in when you're doing residential houses uh you know and of similar age and vintage compare best possible comparing like with like you know they're, they're the, the key elements you want to be looking at and if you can provide that well then you've got a real reasonable argument to have the valuation reviewed in your industry, and a lot of people are going to be talking property with you if it's just at a barbecue or, or on your time off. It has I happened, yeah. Too, that, um, people are naturally drawn to talking about rates and, and property and lending, even at the barbecue. So what's the worst bit of advice you've heard somebody say? Yeah, people giving me their, their opinion, their advice. Um, I always have a smile on my face when someone says, oh, I think the market's about collapse. I think I'll, I'll sit, out for, sit out for a bit and just see what happens. Um, you know, as, as we spoke about earlier in this podcast, is that it, as, a, as a general rule, it's always continue to go forward. Um, so, yeah, the worst bit of advice, just I'll wait for it to come down a little bit. It's about, I think it's about to collapse. I think it's about to pop. The bubble's about to pop. Yep. Yes. There's always, um, and unfortunately, there's always experts out there trying to sell their next book by using that um, that terminology and, Absolutely. and sucking people in. So, yeah, um, I've, I've heard I've had uh, people sitting on the sidelines for 10 years waiting for that bubble to pop. So, um, yeah, I've heard that one too. All right, let's put you in charge of your industry as a whole, uh, the valuation industry. If you had the, the keys for the kingdom for the day, what's one thing that you would change in your industry? Expectation of valuers to complete a, a high amount of valuations in one day. If I, it's the expectation on them, I want to say it in my you know, long twenty years, over twenty years experience, but the younger, you know, more uh, junior values coming out of their, you know, qualification, getting the qualifications and the expectation they're going to do five and six valuations a day, is not fair and reasonable, uh, and uh, they're not mentored correctly. Uh, you know, we specifically make sure that we've got any junior values or younger values in our through going through my firm, uh, they sit beside senior valuers and are mentored and, and watched and, and groomed uh that that's i think something that it's a frustration as an older valuer um, the volume at which you've got to produce the volume day, yeah, and the, the, the expectations yeah and it's 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 a frustration research is the key you know i said a few times find out what's your compa comparison um you know take time doing your inspection, take your notes down and, and, you know, again, being a little bit old school, but pen and paper, take your photos and, um, but yeah, it's, that's the, the key is, is making sure you're getting it, gathering as much information as you possibly can to make an informed decision, not rushing them through. Now, you've bought the sole property around the Shire. Absolutely. Um, let's put you back in the buyer's shoes again. If you're buying a property yourself, what are some must-haves and also, what are some red flags that you're you're looking for? Level land, like topography. You look at that closely; uh, it, it has a big effect on on values. 
I'm down to the suburbs, but you've, uh, there's streets in, in the Shire where you've got one side. It's the term we use in the office is a bit, a bit of a billy goat track and across the road is flat level blocks. And I remember, again, in, back in my day, or, or, you know, uh, five, seven years, you're looking and going, why is there, you know, this is a big comparison this street and then realising that the house is on the odd side or on a, on a steep topography and, and very different building blocks and across the road they're flat level blocks of land and to build on to build the difference between building and construction costs is unbelievable and then that that affects values you know um so that's i think that hopefully that's that's just a, a, a basic no-brainer yeah yeah it's not always a no-brainer is it you just see a see a property you think is good value and and that could be the reason why just to do with the, yeah. the potential for it in the future yeah it's a said it's, it's from uh, it's in your construction costs and it's your labour costs. It's your it's your yard. It's your, where you, your mate, possibly your family you're going to live. Um, and you know people want to see their kids running around on a flat level block. Um, it's it's you know so that's it's it's not always that simple. You know sometimes people just want to get in and and it's you know don't get me wrong. I've, I've lived on a, on a sloping block, but it's that that's does make is is a big difference in values. It, it does affect value greatly. They should be and for that reason the building. That's excellent. Look, what's next for you and what's next for your industry? COVID's been a big uh, – next thing I'm trying to try straight to the second question. Uh, COVID's brought on a, a, a big change that we're not that – well, I'm sort of not that pleased with where the virtual inspections um, where the vendor or the um, – sometimes the agent is going and inspecting the property with a, with a camera – and send it back to the value and he's sitting at a desk in the CBD, let's say, and he's assessing the property. Totally disagree with that. Some concerns. Yeah, for, for, there's flawed in so many ways and, uh, you know, without getting too technical here, yeah, I think where the eyes and ears, we touch and feel and see it, what's going on and, you know, even, you know, even that's why the, the idea of curbsides, diminished greatly they're still using but their use has dropped back because things were being missed mm. uh we they keep trying to re uh you know redevelop or, or expedite this process whereas it's it's got a it's, it, there's an effect of having a manual inspection touching feeling uh, you know i've walked through homes and as you walk through the home you feel a a slight bounce or a different movement on, on your feet and you say so that, and you can feel something's out of place here that uh, we're not building inspectors, but we'll pick up on things like that. that and it's called when the, your peers under the house and on a timber frame floor, uh, they subside and you might get like a, like a trampolining of the floorboards and it's because the house is collapsing underneath. Look at that. Or the house has been filled square and you'll, you walk into a bedroom and start walking up a bit of a hill and you go, oh, that's – and you can't do, you can't that, do on, that on a camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that's great. So, so you think uh, – Needs to be heading back towards more that traditional value, touch, feel, smell the property, and absolutely uh, get a good understanding of it. Looking back around the Sutherland Shire and the properties here, is there any one that was particularly memorable? A evaluation you've done around here? It doesn't sort of directly relate to the mortgage industry, but I, I have certainly done a, a couple of unusual things. I don't know if you know the the dive spot at Shiprock mm. Bay down there. Yeah, yeah. The bound that land was the, where Shiprock is. That land was actually given to council by the landowners. That that was there was an underwater cave there, and the the owners have already gave gave that property back to the land. They gave that land back to the to become a public reserve, and it is what today is. Uh, 
where those rocks lie, there's an area of land on the waterfront, which is actually the neighbouring property on the neighbouring the next door neighbour's property. And they got some advice that if someone slips over as they come out after a dive, knocks their head on this triangular square piece of land, they, they're liable. And so council approached me and said we need to so they tried to also donate this piece of land to council and council with their regulations said we can't just take it we've got to pay what's fair and reasonable so council approached me and said we need to buy this triangular square one piece of this square piece of bit of land waterfront deep waterfront land uh one square meter can you tell us what it's worth so i had to do a valuation on this little Flock of waterfront land, so that was that was something weird. And that's, How were your comparables for that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah they were quite limited. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we what we did was we went and looked at waterfront sales at the time, that it, and then we deducted what we say the improvements on the land. So, and so we had, we we're trying to get older, rundown or, or delinquent like homes that may have sold in the last twelve months, and come up with a rate of what people are paying for the land content. Like, and, ex- and excluded the improvements on the land. And then we sort of started coming up with numbers and say, okay, we know that land, waterfront land is worth this much a square metre. And once you put five, seven, eight, again, that's why you use a sample of sales, not just one. Um, we started to work out that that's the rate on a square metre, uh, on a square metre rate of, of, for land in, in the area. Uh, and then we looked at, back at the subject and said, well, it's this aspect, it's on deep water, it's negatives and positives, and it's got to be approximately there and that's how we did that uh, calculation yeah brilliant that's great look um thank you so much for coming on today the, your insight's been really interesting even for me uh sitting in that industry just seeing it from from um, fresh ice it's been great before we finish up today i just wanted to um if you could give people one piece of advice uh for them out there shopping at the moment for property what's some advice you've got as a valuer the key is take your time do your research Inspect it on a rainy day. Sometimes it's good to just keep it simple. Um, yeah, and, and and sit down. Don't rush into things. Um, you know, it's, it's, property is a long-term investment, and it is an investment. It will make money long-term. Until 2020, it's always gone up. Yep. You know, uh, so, yeah, I, I think the, the key is your own research. You take your time and and, and a good office. Make sure you do plenty of inspections. Thanks, Brett. Really appreciate you um, joining us today. I've been a pleasure. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers. Bye. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.